Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Have you ever felt depressed about work, only to have your dad be like, why are you so down? So you told him you hate your job, and he said, well, you better talk yourself out of it. And then you thought, hmm, I love to talk. I could host a podcast. And then you went to Spreaker from iHeart and started a podcast and got good at it, then monetized it, then quit your boring job, then told your dad, thanks for the advice. And he was like, well, that's not what I meant, and I don't understand what a podcast is, but you seem happy, so that's great, kiddo. You ever do that? Well, you could. At Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Ask your dad. You actually don't. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast for Once Upon a Time. We've gone through season one. The storybook characters have now awoken and we are headed toward a bright, bright tomorrow. Just, I'm, I'm just excited because Chorus and Hook are coming into the picture. I'm very psyched. I am Beth Elderkin. I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? Good. I'm excited to talk to you about season two because I'm scrolling through a listicle about Once Upon a Time and it's bringing back some of my memories and I'm remembering mm-hmm. why I pushed some of this out of my brain. Uh, but I'm doing well, Beth. Um, I'm, I'm doing the best anyone could be doing (laughs) during these troubling times. I'm, I'm here, we're recording and I felt so invigorated last week after our two hour chat. I know, God, I I was like, oh my God, this is so long, but it was so worth it because there was so much to talk about because this, it was the culmination of that whole season long storyline and it was so good and so rewarding. Uh, and afterward, like, uh, a- uh, Abby ended up like posting that one because I went for my baby moon and I was on the on the cold beach in the northeast, disconnected from everything for a few days. Uh, came back, got uh, got a baby checkup. Baby baby dragon is looking a okay. Oh, and it's my birthday today, so it's just you know things are things are doing good. Well, it's my birthday as of taping. <laughs> when the time this comes up, it will no longer be my birthday. But, you know, oh, birth week. No, 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 whatever. no, 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 Beth. No, 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 Beth. We are going to celebrate your birthday like a 21-year-old sorority girl. Your birthday is all week. Yes. <laughs> Everyone must continue. And she cannot drink. So for those of you who do partake, have one for our lovely Beth. Uh, in <laughs> her I honor, it's, it's going to be a tumultuous couple of days coming up. So some drinks for, for Beth. Oh um, and because you've invoked Hook's name, drink up me hearties. Yeah. <laughs> I've so got excited. water. Yay. Uh, yeah, it's just like you're just like hard believe. It's just like please, please be anything else. Um I'm so excited to do like we're so we're here, we're gonna recap season mm-hmm. one, if we didn't already do enough of that in the two hour chat that we had. Um but I'm excited to do this because so much happened. 
Yeah. So just for a brief, like, overall synopsis of where we've been so far on Once Upon a Time Season 1, we had a a town uh, that was uh, filled with storybook characters from an enchanted forest filled with different uh, Disney stories and uh, fairy tale characters who'd been brought to our world by the evil queen. Uh, for reasons that we found out later on, uh, were more complicated than the traditional Snow White in the Seven Dwarf story. And that's because all the stories have a little twist to them. Uh, and then you have the character of Emma, who is a bail bonds person, although that rarely comes into play after like the first episode. She comes into town because her son, who'd been adopted by the evil queen, came to find her. And brought her to the town, said, your destiny is to save everybody. The proof is in this book. Emma spent most of the season being like, you're full of shit, but I also really dig you, kid. So I'm going to go along with it. And it ultimately culminated in Emma accepting the larger than life fairy tale reality that she found herself in and breaking the curse with true love's kiss for her son, Henry. And everyone's awake. And that's where we left off. I just started laughing in the middle of it because that's when it starts sounding ridiculous. Okay, so. <laughs> and then there's a and then there's a dwarf named Dreamy and he meets a fairy and there's eggs. Also there's there a, also for points of plot convenience, there's also a, a an eighth dwarf named Stealthy who's very bad at his job. <laughs> so yeah, so that is the the main arc of season one. And I want to kind of start by talking about the our favorite standout episodes because this was, you know, a traditional 22 season, uh, 22, 22 episode season. Um, there's some highlights and some lowlights. So, Abby, I would say apart from the season finale two-parter, mm-hmm. uh, because I feel like that kind of needs to be treated as its own thing that we yes. discussed over the course of two hours last week in case you didn't hear Three it. Three hours if you include the first part. <laughs> True. Absolutely. That is very correct. Three and a half hours. We never stop talking. Uh, what would be your favorite episode? And if you can't pick one, like two. Ooh. Ooh. You know, I'm I'm going to punt it to you because I feel like you already have an answer. Give me a second to kind of... Uh, we're thinking <laughs> I of don't, a- but I'll no, figure man. it out. No, no, I'll figure it out. I- I've got it. I, I will figure it because I'm looking at the list right now. Uh, there's a couple that I really like for different reasons. So I think that's kind of what we're going to end up doing. Um, I feel like a really good standout episode is episode seven. The heart is a lonely hunter. Uh, where we see Graham's origin story and he is the first character to wake up in the fairy, in, in the fairy tale world. And he's played by Christian Grey. So who can hate that? And that's just, that was the first episode I would say where things took a turn, where we saw what this show could do. And we learned how deep the well could go because this show was like, Oh wow. A main character just got murdered. What do we do now? So that one to me is a really good pinnacle episode. As far as God, as far as like a favorite episode, there's so many really good ones. I really love red handed. I love red story. Yeah, I would have to, that would definitely have to go into, if I had to pick one, mm -hmm. and mostly because I I love Red, and I I love me a good werewolf, Um, her whole story is great, mostly because it's just so dark, 
And it just sets up Red being like, oh, Red regularly murders people. <laughs> oh, Jeff. <laughs> um, I honestly, the stable boy, like yeah. Regina's entire backstory, because when you first watch this season, you're just like, I hate this woman. And you think that she's like the evil queen, like in most Snow White stories, where she's just like mad on a very surface level of just being like, I'm mad because I'm old and you're young and pretty and we cannot have that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do away with you because I don't know. I've never really gotten the whole she's the fairest in the land. Like when you're that fair, you don't take over stuff like not the way that the original Snow White character was <laughs> like I couldn't yeah. see her like leading a people. Um, but like obviously the way they they characterize Snow in this show is much different. Yeah, I would still argue she's not great at leading, but she's <laughs> she's better. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, her backstory just it just made me very happy. Yeah, and I I think there's cuz even like the there's some episodes that are mixed but still have really good parts to them. Uh I think a, the perfect example of that would be Hat Trick. Because the story of uh the Mad Hatter and his daughter is so well done. You get that introduction of the multiple realms which comes into play for the rest of the series. But then you also have him just kidnapping two women in a storyline that never gets brought up again. <laughs> so it's a mixed bag. So it's like, there are some episodes that are, well, they're not the best. They still have really great things about them. Like uh, that still small voice, the Jiminy cricket episode. Um, Like it, it has its ups and downs and has some really weird choices. Like the, the, the couple, the, like the lame is couple. <laughs> Oh my god, I love the lamest couple so much. I will say that, like, if we want to look at it from kind of like a little bit more of a slanted view of kind of all the weird stuff that happens, it's very Grimm's fairy tale. Where it's mm-hmm. just like, here's some fairy tales. Also, some very bizarre things happen that we're not going to talk about. Um, like in, I'm trying to remember, um, it's the, I want it's the one where they find out that Cinderella is just like a teen mom mm-hmm. cinderella yeah and it's I just think like she's the working. price of gold episode four it's very early okay. on it's so funny i i just I, not funny funny but it's just kind of one of those again more unexplained things like hey there's this woman who is doing laundry in the back of granny's <laughs> but she's also <laughs> pregnant like a teen pregnancy and it just it sets up a bunch of weird stuff but it's still a nice story it's very a product of its time because I feel like it would have been addressed a, a much different way here in the in in the year in the year of 2020. It would be addressed in a different way. Um, yeah, and then the episode where David wakes up, like that's some yeah. great acting from from Goodwin because Mike, she's just like, oh my god, he's that wag, and walked away. I was like, oh, this never happens. Oh no, we lost him. Like. <laughs> So, you know, there there are and, and also I want to give a shout out to the pilot because that was a genuinely good pilot that piqued your interest right away, like right from the get go. But, you know, of course, with with the good episodes are the bad episodes. I would argue in season one, there aren't many like bad episodes. There's episodes that have that are weaker, that have bad moments like True North, the Hansel and Gretel one. But oh, I think th- I think that you and I would probably agree on the one just legit bad episode. 
<laughs> and I think you know what I'm talking about. Obviously, it's what happened to Frederick. What did happen to him? No, uh, no, every, I'm kidding. No, listen. Every time that title would come up when I was like scrolling through of like, okay, which one is like, what happened to Frederick? I said it like that every time. <laughs> what happened to Frederick? <laughs> oh no, Frederick! No. no, I mean, I think the one that that baffled you and I the most, uh, and it was perfectly placed right in the middle of the season, was dreamy. What was that about? It opens up <laughs> so many questions. I still, what lays the eggs? I have so, <laughs> like, I, I, and listen, I'm not going to get into it again, but eggs are laid at the same, at the one size. This posits a theory that there is a giant dwarf or some sort of egg laying machine and that they just crack out themselves like as like 45 year old men. That's my favorite job. I'm done. I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I have no sex organs. This is great. I am born. <laughs> oh, thank you. I am a minute old. What are you handing me? Oh, is it a cute hat to wear on my head so I look real snoot? No, 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 no. It's a weapon. We're putting you into indentured servitude. And you're going to be so pumped about it. Yay. Also, the, the axe gives you your name based on a personality trait that you have coming out of the egg yeah like it's a personality trait that you have not established it's essentially picking your personality for you like okay and i so, think that's where they failed with stealthy because he should not have been <laughs> should not have been that one listen people change <laughs> people evolve <laughs> could you imagine like and and this is not a completely one-to-one -one, but this is exactly what popped into my brain like if your child was named like that the moment they were born like they're like congratulations it's a girl her name is bitchy. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> like, it's like, what, what are you going to do? I guess she's going to be a corporate overlord. Like, it's, you hand somebody, like, it was like, oh, right, here's your son. And he is, you know, this is, his name is Chip. Why is his name Chip? He has a chip on his shoulder. That develops later in life. It's fine. Uh, are there any other episodes that, to you, uh, are not necessarily akin to the to the dreamy factor because nothing can match the dreamy no. factor but that are likewise mm, like meh not very good in your mind i, I still like not a hundred percent sold on the hansel and gretel thing like the more mm -hmm. i think about it like i like how they ended it where it was like real world a guy who was just like oh, it's my kid like but they tried to compare it too much to emma it was all I'm not going to say convenient because it was very weird, but it's just like the story's strange. It had the cool, like, I love the Blind Witch. Blind Witch, 10 out of 10. But the way they had to, like, shoehorn in what Regina was doing and why couldn't Regina have just done this? It raises more questions and also it leads on a very bleak, very bleak ending. Um, I think that, I would say yes, that one. And, well, yeah, mm -hmm. that's all I had. That's all I had. I was going to say also when, you know, I was going to say weird moments that never get talked about again, you know, um, Rumpelstiltskin uh, turning, turning Gaston into a rose and then Belle immediately clipping him in half. Uh, just, I just want to make sure that that's all still in our brains because that happened. Yeah, that, that'll never leave. That's, that's going to be a part of our, our lives and our hearts forever. Wake up screaming, uh, Gaston! <laughs> and random thought, I'm. Like I'm pretty sure they end up recasting Gaston later, but he's like part of the show later. But they recast him, so I'm just like, did did 
is it just like the Gaston clone factory? Is this like a commentary on the fact the previous one was turned into a rose? I don't know. The show the show does things and makes decisions. Just like the idea from the movie Inside Out where like in the imagination world there's the boyfriend factory that they turn up. I would die for Riley. I would die for Riley. <laughs> just like a bunch of Gastons coming out being beep, like beep, 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 beep. I would tolerate Belle. I would tolerate Belle. <laughs> Uh, so I, oh, I want to talk for a second about um, about the cast and about our favorite actors from season one and the ones that maybe we kind of had a second thought about watching them the second time around. Uh, first, who is your favorite performer in season one? I'm just going to tell you now that probably for the next however many seasons, the answer is Lana, Regina. It's amazing. Like she does such a really good job and she can act through the giant outfit she's put in as the evil queen, which you could get lost. You could get lost mm-hmm. in like those big headpieces and stuff. And and she sells it from the jump as both things, as both the evil queen and her big ponytail that's also in the hat that comes with the brim and also her shoulder pads. And she's all covered in black and somehow she's tromping through the forest and whatever she's wearing. But then also it translates into her being like an evil PTA mom in the same kind of fashion, which just like half of her acting is in her eyebrows, which I don't know like how she did because she had those like early 2000s really thin brows. Like that's amazing. And actually, it's interesting that you you bring the, all that up because we actually did get um, a an audience question about uh, about Regina specifically, and I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it. Um, the question is, when do you think the show decided to have Regina not just be a big bad, but a character to be redeemed? Do you think this was from the beginning, or do you think it was at a particular point in season one, or maybe not until later on? Um. So. I'm going to let you go because I have I have a bias put in my head from an, an, an uh, a behind the scenes interview that I agree with. So I want you to go before I well, I actually don't really have an opinion on this. I actually want to just hear what oh, you think. Okay. So I saw an interview and they basically showed Lana's um um casting tape. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, yeah, we didn't know what we were looking for. And then like, she just showed up and she did like a full 180 and then just turned into Regina. And they were like, we were scared to death. <laughs> and that's how she is. Like, if you watch the actress who plays her and she even does this as Regina, where you're just like, this is just a normal person who's just being a normal person. Like, yeah, she's kind of hard. She's kind of cold and everything. But as the evil queen, it's a whole different volume of it. And I feel like especially knowing what they gave, like they had to have known from the jump that what they were going to make snow do in order to make Regina hate her. And by doing that, you're implicitly putting in like a fail safe of we could make her good. Like she's being evil because Mm -hmm. she was wronged and people take those differently. And like a lot of people, they can't really fault a person when it's just like, Oh, it's not like she's just mad because she's prettier. Cause I mean, no one's going to side with that woman. But she was she she was being married away to an old dude, a dude that sucks, <laughs> objectively sucks. Um, and she and she wanted to be with the guy that she loved, and then that was taken away from her, and she unfairly blames a child, which we've talked about. But she has the right to be mad, and that is something that is a legit trauma. <laughs> Watching your mother murder your boyfriend. 
Uh, you don't get over things like that. People don't get over their high school boyfriends when they break up normal. Watching them being murdered by their hearts being crushed by your mother while you cry next to them. I feel like that probably weighs a little different. So mm-hmm. I say from the jump they knew. I don't think they knew how much we would imprint on her. <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually, I think that's really accurate. I think that's accurate. I think that maybe it was also partially, like you said, from because of the actress's performance as she came in and they were like, oh, this is somebody we can really work with and do layers with and 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 make this a journey instead of just an obstacle to overcome. Yes. So my pick for my favorite performer in season one and one that really like surprised me, but also didn't surprise me was Jennifer Goodwin. Yes. And it's like, it should not have surprised me. I've seen her in um, that show where she was like in a polygamous relationship. Uh, you know, she's great in Zootopia. But I, I really feel like watching it the second time around, I'm really getting a sense of how nuanced and complicated her performance is and how layered it is in a way that I didn't really see last time around. Last time around, it was like her and charming, her and charming, her and charming. Now it's her and charming over there, (laughs) just over there being, being bad choices. So uh, funny enough, I have something in my eye. That's why I'm rubbing my eye. I apologize. Like That's you okay. see this, no one else sees this. I apologize. <laughs> um, but actually, I was gonna laugh. I was gonna say I I remember watching the show and having a feeling about charming that I never really like. I I couldn't tell you what I was feeling. I just remember going. I don't feel like not that he was cast wrong, but I felt like he wasn't strong for the character. I now have pinpointed that from this this last rewatch. I realized that I think they cast him to be Prince Charming very specifically, but he was so much better as a really douchey dude. Mm-hmm. Like he played that really well. Um, as like he played heartbroken really well. He played a lost, confused coma victim very well. Um, you know, I think that's the reason we were just all so just very like visceral reactions to the bad choices he made because they seemed real and he did them very well with with the emotions that a normal person would be i feel like when they dress him up as charming especially like in the whole like i will always find you thing it like the the when he kisses snow white and he's in that garb and everything and you're just like i don't know like he looks the part it's just it's not he that's not his strongest part I kind of have to wonder if if that was part of the reason why he ended up being like a twin who was who was a shepherd who was like an imposter. Yeah. To be, I'm wondering if that was partly to. I mean, I'm guessing that that was written well ahead of time, but that did actually play to the actor's strengths in that essentially he's playing pretend. He's yes. Fake. He's faking it until he makes it. And right. Whether he actually ever makes it is up to debate. I was, I was just remembering uh, like in what season five or something where he's like hanging out with King Arthur and like reliving the glory days. And it's going to be so bad. I'm going to hate it so much. Oh my God. I'm so pumped that we're watching it all the way through. Like it's just going to be one of those. <laughs> oh my God. Um, uh, and I a- do want to give a shout out really quick to the actor who plays Henry um because oh, he's so small and cute jared gilmore i believe is his name yes. he's he's like he's he like bless his heart like he he he's a good actor all the way through but there's something about him as a young child and the and the new and the depth he brings to 
to this little boy character that could easily have just been a little boy character. Like he set the bar really high for himself, which I almost feel like worked against him in later seasons as he got older, which is a, a common, a common issue with, 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 with child actors. And it's, it's, it's not their fault. No. And I, I, I do think that, I don't think that they thought he was going to be that big of a part moving forward. I honestly don't. Like, I think they probably, I honestly believe they had season one picked out shot for shot before they started going. Like it was, this is the story start to finish. If we get one season, this is how much we're doing. Here are some other ones that we can cut maybe, and we can cram them into another episode, but this is the story start to finish. Um, Cause I think arguably you could cut that into a 13 episode season. If you cut a lot of the meat out, um, but I think that his character in season two, like if they got one, I don't think that they had really planned for it other than having him just be bait between Emma and Regina. Mm-hmm. And they obviously, they gave him more to do. And I think we later see, and I could eat my words. I just, I had a very negative reaction to the Peter Pan storyline. The first time I watched it, I have never rewatched the Peter Pan storyline. Watched it the first time I powered through it angrily and then we kept going. Um, like, not we, let's and we did the podcast, but it was just like when it was happening, I was like, I can't, I can't anymore with this. And I felt that it was because of, because of the, of Jared Gilmore and it's not his fault. They, I think they mm-hmm. were trying to sell him and like later, because he does good in the, like, Storybrooke goes to Seattle. Like, I thought he carried that well. He's a very good actor once he gets his footing. But you're right. That for I just love the first episode. He's so small. He's he's, di- he's a he's a he's a dinky little little thing. He's a little cherub. It's why wanna... I keep thinking he's so much younger than he is because he does remind me of my son with his big <laughs> eyes. Like and I'm just like oh like he's like what four? <laughs> no, he's ten. Abby. Oh, cool. <laughs> So I know we already talked about uh, about uh, charming and our mixed feelings on the character and the performance. Are there any others that stick out to you as being that don't hold up the way that you remember or you're looking at in a different way? Uh, Bell 100%. And this mm-hmm. has nothing to do with Rumple Bell. I just think specifically they didn't give her, they didn't give her as much as I thought they did this first season. Mm-hmm. And I, and again, it's the shoehorned feminism that they try to do. Like, it's not even shoehorned feminism. It's the trying to do this big moment where it's just like, women don't get to do anything. So I, a woman, will sacrifice myself to marry this nice man. Like, it's just, like, that whole scene's weird. She's not actually there. Like, I feel like the romance between them is too quick. Um, and then especially like her leaving and stuff. I like the way they set it up. I think it's cool. The reveal later, but then like the reveal is like, I was told that you could protect me. Rumpel, it's me. I know who you are. Okay, let's go. We're still going to the, to the well. <laughs> it's just, I, I rem- I thought she had so much more of a substantial part and it just, it didn't hit right this first time. I agree. And it does like, I have a complicated relationship with Rumpel at this point because this Rumpel is not the Rumpel that we get later on. And this Rumpel, in my opinion, is leagues better than the one from later because this one grew in ways he's not going to grow for a very long time. 
like Rumple stagnates as a character and it's not I don't honestly do not believe it's Robert Carlyle's mm-hmm. fault I I believe no he was so good they didn't want to lose him but unlike Regina who they could gradually have her redeem herself over the course of several seasons in a in a natural way Rumple, they just didn't want to do that because they needed him to, they needed him to be the dark one so they hold him in this holding pattern so like it's 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 hard it's i'm looking at his performance in a new way because not because for what it is in the first season but from what i know it's going to be and it's how it's going to upset me so and and this is this is not me making a statement because honestly it could be anything it's been a long time since i've rewatched it's been it's been a while, so I could be wrong, but I will say what I'm guessing the problem was moving forward from season one on is that they tie Belle to him and then they never let her let go. I mm-hmm. mean, until they kill her, like until she is dead and gone and they do that weird funeral thing with her, they he is always tied to her and there's no growth from that. Like it was cute in the first episode. Like where it's like, oh, and and he's he falls in love with Belle. It's fun because it's the beauty and the beast. He's a beast. But they don't let her leave. They they separate mm-hmm. them, but they bring him back together. They separate him and bring him back together. So any growth that I remember Rumple having, it goes away when Belle comes back because she is expecting something she's not going to get. And they never address that that is a toxic relationship because mm-hmm. she wants something and he wants something. They don't mesh. They do not work together. They just like each other. Like, she likes him as a certain thing, and he likes her as a certain thing. They aren't those things. They need to break up and have complicated relationships from that. (laughs) So it's just, it's not, and I think that's what the problem is. Like, with Regina, she has nothing other than her mother, and then when Zelina shows up, to drag her to her old self. Other than that, she's on vacation, man. She gets to, like, reinvent herself, be a new person. Like, yeah, hell yeah. And then her mom shows up and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm an evil bitch. And, and even then, Regina, they they write her so... I remember them writing her so well where the the conflict is still there. The, yeah. the Her pull her pull to Henry is much better than Rumpel's pull to Belle. Belle holds him back. Because like not, but it's not her fault. It's just they are stuck in a very toxic relationship, and the writers are stuck in a toxic relationship with Rumble too. the The last one that I have mixed feelings about is August. Okay. Um, mainly like it's another one I'm looking at in a different way. Because first time I saw it, he's a hot guy who's also Pinocchio. I'm into it. But after talking with you, you kind of helped me see him in a different light, actually. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's no, this is this is what we're here for. We're okay. here to have these, have these good complex discussions. Um and uh so it kind of helped me realize that his whole dark, aloof thing wasn't really wasn't as good as I remembered, yeah. but it actually made me appreciate his moments of vulnerability so much more. Cause like when he, when he finally crossed that threshold from being the, the hot stranger in the motorcycle jacket that I'm still into physically. Okay. I'm still into it. I'm not going to change. That's not going to change. But once he, once he moved past that 
and allowed us to to see him as the as a lost boy um actually it made me much more appreciative of that aspect of his performance yes i <laughs> august august forever for me will be as i've explained it to him but like rewatching it it was the same thing i do think that there's also a portion of that of as we've all learned from any theater kid that was really into rent back in the day as you grow older and you go wait a minute <laughs> those people sucked i agree he owns that building. He should be able to do what he wants with it. They're not paying anything. Like you just have this like weird like turn of turn of politics, not politics, but turn of just like your the way you see the world. And I think a little bit of that is with August, where you just see something a little bit differently mm-hmm. with the experience you have in life. Um, which I think is that's why rereading books and rewatching shows is fascinating. I'm rewatching Scrubs right now. There is some stuff. I love that show oh. so much. I hold it in my heart, but there's some stuff in there. That Dude, there's blackface hold- in that show in an episode. Yep. There there's is blackface in an episode. There's this show face. does not hold up. There's blackface in a couple episodes. I know who. Oh, no. Has- and so, well, one of them is supposed to be a joke about blackface. That That's not no, how no. that works. Oh, no, no, no. But so. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to explain it. It's it's kind of oh, like a joke God. about blackface the way that like Tropic Thunder is a joke about blackface. It, it, it didn't pull it off. They did not pull it off <laughs> at, in any way. But then the other blackface, they did cut from Hulu. And I think 30 Rock did the same thing where they're just like, this doesn't work. Anyway, all that to say, again, yes. When you watch a show from 2005 and then you rewatch it in 2020 and you're just like, oh no. Uh, it's actually, I, I'm glad you brought that up because we did get an audience question uh, asking uh, what things we feel held up over time and what things have become dated since then. Okay. We kind of already touched on it, but I want to know if there's anything else that sticks on in your mind. So first of all, the CGI it's the same as it was back then. It holds up 100%. <laughs> if it were any better, if it were any better, I'd be mad about it. If it were any worse, I'd be furious. It's the perfect amount of camp and you know what? It works. It's like Doctor Who. It's like Doctor Who for me. It doesn't mm-hmm. need to be good. I understand what's supposed to be happening and I'm here for it. Don't just I'm not I'm not looking for Game of Thrones. I'm just looking to have a good time. Um what doesn't hold up? Ah. I Honestly, and, and this, not so much with season one, we'll bring it up as seasons go, and I apologize for continuing to project as we go, but it's the queer baiting, mm. and in, in this, they didn't know it, they didn't know it in season one, they just set up all the pieces, and then everyone like started writing fan fiction, and when you know too much stuff, you end up with season eight of Game of Thrones that is nothing but fan service, but you don't want to quite get all the way there, and so it's just not as progressive as you think it is and honestly that's one of my biggest critiques of the show of of, as a viewer from the future (laughs) but also i i was gonna say killing graham but that's not really a a change in time i'm just mad um (laughs) um a lot of the conversations about adoption and giving your kids up and how they show the foster system Mm. stuff like that where i think that there's there's that there's a there's a chance for representation of how good that could be and they kind of do that with emma where she's like i'm trying to give you your best life 
but then there's this constant struggle of, you know, like now she's back in his life and trying to take him back. And that's like the worst nightmare of parents who adopt. Like, you know, yes, I would love you to be with your biological parents, but I've been raising you for 10 years. And now this woman shows up and wants to take you from me like this. It's much more complicated than the fairy book ter- characters are making it seem amazingly enough. Um, I mean, that's that's a yeah. general thing with Storybrooke. The town charters, the 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 rental laws, like we could go on and on about all that. I, I wouldn't say that's dated. I just think it's really funny, like how bad the show handles. Like Regina has this very detailed town that she created completely from her own imagination and based on what she thinks this other world's going to be like or or just let the curse fill in the blanks. But either way. It, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of gaps uh, to the point where Rumpel can has a bunch of nuns on a month to month. Where are they getting money regularly? Why is he collecting money from them for the most part? None like it. No taxes for churches. Mm-hmm. So are these people? Also, does that mean that there is a church service in which people are tithing? Also, Mm -hmm. so people wanted to address plot holes, and the only plot hole I can really address from season one is how Storybrooke exists, because (laughs) they cannot import or export goods. They cannot. How does the economy run? How does Granny get things and that they pay for things? Like, there's money. To the point where, like, how does Granny run a and b enough to be able to give Rumpel, like in the first couple of episodes, a roll of cash? Who's staying in this B&B? Like, yeah, because no one comes to town. Who's staying? Who's paying? Why do they have money? Now, again, if they're all repeating days, that's one thing. But once the time starts, the economy should collapse because (laughs) now, now we're giant recession. Oh my god! It was just like every day was Tuesday last week, and now suddenly we use the twelve eggs we own. Like it's just what do we do? Every day I wake up and there's eggs. Now there's no eggs. Who's buying the medical stuff? Where are these doc- where are these people getting their like, oh my god, I want to know where the university. nurses are. <laughs> Love the yeah, idea. Yeah, story for you. I want to know who these <laughs> nurses are who are being planted in Storybrooke ICU and are just like, oh, in the in Storybrook was the, one of the three little bears or three little <laughs> pigs or something, and now I'm a nurse. Or a surgeon. <laughs> or a surgeon. And it's just like, I want to see those stories. I want to see where they do like little nursery rhymes where it's just like, oh, this, these, these, these are my, tr- my siblings. We're triplets. She lives in a tent. He lives in a log cabin. I built my house out of steel. Oh no, there was a windstorm and they're both out of uh, home. Like, what about like the old woman who lived in a shoe? Maybe who, she's who beats her children. No, thanks. <laughs> oh, wait, you don't include all the Grimm's fairy tale parts. Okay. Some of them are really bad. Most of them involve some kind of dismemberment. Oh my God. I, yeah. Like I want, I want those, I want those stories. And I, like I just assume that that's, those are the people that fill up the stories. Like, oh, just, I'm just trying to think of all of them. Like they're, did they ever do like a Humpty Dumpty or anything like that? Because that would have been a Oh, God. I mean, well, I mean, we're going into season two, so we're I guess we'll find out. Speaking of which, this is actually the last question I wanted to uh, chat about. Uh, this actually was also an audience question. 
what are you what do you remember from season two and what are you most looking forward to in season two and i already know the answer to the second one it probably bleeds into the first as well so first of all the answer is hook hook follow the hook um (laughs) The the first part of the question, though, what do I remember? So as I spoke at length on last week, I don't remember a lot of season two. Like, I don't remember Mm -hmm. what Regina's storyline is. I don't remember a lot of that stuff. Um, I remember clips of it. Like, so like when I'm watching it, I'm going to remember. Like, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, like I'm not that out of it. The only thing I do remember, because I remember not thinking that this was as good as the first season. Because they did this trope thing, I don't even know what would it be called, but where they, it's like, oh, it's the secret town. We're going to introduce outsiders who are trying to, like, bust it up. And it's just uncomfortable. And it's like <laughs> Ethan Embry and yeah, another woman. And they're just, they just suck. I remember that they suck. <laughs> I just remember not liking them, not even as a plot device, but just as people. Like, I just remember being like, I don't like these characters. I don't like what's going on because they were just kind of, I remember them being cruel. I don't remember anything else about it. I just remember like, there's like a scene where they're just like, oh, I don't care because you are storyboard characters. And I'm like, these people suck. Um, the thing I remember is that it's a lot focused on Rumple and his son. Because the whole point of season one was that, you know, we learn the curse exists because Rumpel wanted to find his son, Balefire. Um, And I do remember some of the details about how Balefire is, you know, his many connections to the story, both in season two and three. Obviously not going to get into them. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who either doesn't remember or is experiencing it for the first time. But I do remember liking a lot of it. Like, I remember liking the Balefire story. And I'm wondering if that's going to continue. Uh, but we'll have to see. I, so this, I, again, I don't want to spoil anything. But I know that there's a typewriter reveal from August about Balefire. And I remember being like, oh my god. And it, I remember it being corny. I can't wait to find out if it's still corny or if I was just being a dick. <laughs> um, but I do, so speaking of. I love, like I, I've said before, because of, uh, because of, oh no, I lost her name. The dragon. Oh my God. What's her Maleficent? name? Thank you. I'm sitting there. I don't remember what I was. I was thinking something else. Anyway, Maleficent. She is a vampire. The actress who plays her is a vampire in True Blood. Balefire is an actor in the first season of True Blood. And he is a bad guy. And I knew him from that first. So it took me a while. <laughs> <laughs> this might also be why I had bad rememberings of season two because I was just like, oh, screw this guy, like because it's like it's like when you see an actor for the first time and they're just a bad guy and you're like, oh, he does look evil, but then like in another thing they're playing a good guy and the whole time you're just waiting, you're just waiting for them to like <laughs> spin their little mustache and be evil. And I kept waiting for Balefire to be evil. He is not. <laughs> he doesn't turn evil. Um, also, did I ever tell you that you spoiled his death for me? Did I ever tell you that? Did I? 
And it was before any of this started. I think this is how you found out that I watched Once Upon a Time <gasps> is because you were watching like one of this 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 episode where it happened and you were live tweeting it and I was just scrolling. <gasps> I'm gonna have to see I'm if I can so find it. Sorry, I'm gonna have to see if I can find it because I was just oh, like, I no. delete, I delete my archives, so you probably oh won't be okay. Able I was to. like, I should see if I can find it. I, uh, I, I erased my crimes. You know what? I didn't. Re- <laughs> I probably didn't erase mine, but I'm not gonna be able to decipher which time I've replied to you and going no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It is not. I've stopped. That's actually one of the reasons I've stopped live tweeting is to avoid like spoiler things. Um, But we will have a podcasting as we get into season two, uh, which um, we will start next week. Next week, you guys, is it's going to be a week. It's going to be rough. And I and and I and so I think the best thing to do is to keep on and carry on and have a good time, have a good discussion. Um, and because all the other things are going to be there no matter what. And we, as, just make sure you vote. I am please. I'm going to tell you this as past Abby past Abby is telling you, we're going to try really hard not to comment on it. Cause I don't think, I think if we mm-hmm. release an episode next week, yeah. no matter what happens, people are going to want to not deal with what's happening next week. And I would like to honor that as the person that it puts out entertainment of, of this force. We are not going to mention it. So that's right. Yeah. We so, are. We are. Yeah. We're going to talk about season two premiere of once upon a time. We're going to have a good conversation about the series because that's, you know, it's divertissement. It's, it's distraction. It's entertainment. It's fun. That said, also a reminder, please vote. Please you exercise your right to vote. Please vote. Stay safe. Everything mm-hmm. is going. Everything is going a little nutty. So everyone, be safe. Take care of yourself because obviously we wouldn't be here if you guys weren't here. So mm-hmm. thank you guys so much for for following us on season one. We're so excited. This Yay. was the best decision. And you know what? <laughs> I love how this is landing. By the way, we've mm-hmm. ended a chapter right before a new chapter of the whole world starts. So. <laughs> I'm going to say that this timing was absolutely on purpose <laughs> and definitely planned. Yeah. Hopefully we don't have to eat those words later, but if, if oh, we I, do, we're actually not going to talk about it. So it doesn't no. exist. I don't get to, I don't eat words. They have gluten in them. I am intolerant of eating my own <laughs> words. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, thank you again for joining us for this first season of Once Upon a Timing. Uh, we want to, of course, thank all of our wonderful listeners, especially our patrons. We've got our awesome, uh, we've got our baby dragons, we've got our Hello Dearies, and of course, our Snow Queens. That would be Lisa Slack, Patrick Stevens, Jacob Fulcalt, Paul, Brian Sanina, Blake Brinkley, Matt LeClerc, and Zach Chobanoff. If you want to become a patron as well, you can head to patreon.com slash OUA timing. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join our Facebook group. That's facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. We're also on Twitter at OUA timing. I am at Beth Elderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. And we will be back with season two, episode one. I don't know the title of it, but I do remember there's like, I think Sleeping Beauty comes in the picture and there's like a bear. (laughs) We're getting to Merida pretty quickly, I see. I uh, I think there's like a a bear. It's either a bear or a ghost. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. No, this is. 
Yeah. Broken. Broken. Yes, because the world is broken. Oh, that's oh, that's timing. Oh, anyway, you can ugh. see you can see how this whole season pans out. Broken. We are both Lady of the Lake, the crocodile, the doctor. We're oh, the time. doctor. Oh my God. The We're doctor. Good time tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, everyone, for joining us and Abby. We will see you next week. See you next week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.